Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number seven of the Scott DeConing Leadership Podcast. I am Scott DeConing. Thank you again for joining me. And today's topic, I think, is going to be rather important for a lot of people because it's something that we do multiple times a day. But I don't think we actually realize that we're doing it. And by doing it wrong, we're giving the wrong message. What I'm talking about specifically is the way we communicate, even the way we listen has a great bearing on how we connect with our team. What I mean specifically is body language. Now, body language are forms of nonverbal communication. Here's some numbers for you that you might find interesting. When it comes to communication, even when you're watching this over video, for those of you who are listening to the podcast version of this, the numbers do skew a little bit. But for you watching it on YouTube, these numbers will still apply in this case, when we're talking about body language, what's really interesting is that the way you hold your body, the body language position itself, how you smile, if you smile, uh, your eyes, all that, all that is nonverbal. That leads to 55, 55% of your communication, which means if you think about it, we are actually communicating with our team before we actually walk up to them as we're walking up they're watching us going oh is he upset or is she upset oh no they look okay they look a little happy okay i think i'm i think i'm okay right now if you're in that situation where your team is wondering if you're upset or not there may be some extra work you have to do if you're at in a position where you're able to connect with your team and you know that you can be honest with them they can be honest with you and you've had that open dialogue i congratulate you not a lot of leaders are in that position. So keep it up. The other, so the thing with body language, 55%, 55, more than half of our communication is body language. How we're holding our arms. Are we smiling? Are we focused on them? Right. And that's why I say the listening part is a big component of this. Because if we're not showing that we're listening to them, and I'll talk about that in some detail here in just a few minutes. But if we're not showing that we're listening to them, they're just going to look at us and go, why, why am I here? What am I doing? And when that happens, you've lost them. And when you've lost them, it's hard to get them back. Okay, So 55% is non-problem. And we'll go into a little bit of detail. There's a really cool tech talk on body language. And I'll uh, put it in the description as well. It's, uh, it's a TED talk. The guy goes into the whole theory behind how we even hold our hands and stuff. It's a really cool TED talk, but I'll get into some of that detail later. 55% is body language. 38% is tone. How we're saying the words. That's tone. That's 38%. Almost as much as nonverbal body language. So if you do the math, and if, for those that aren't very good at math, I'll do it real quick for you. 55 plus 38 is 93%. 93% of our communication, our nonverbal body language and tone. If you look at it the other way, what that means is that 7% of the words are the words coming out of our mouth. That's all they're getting is 7% of 
of the words coming out of our mouth. So let's break down body language here for just a minute. And again, I'm going to relate this TED talk that I, I watched into the show notes and into the description on YouTube so that you have an understanding of a better understanding. He explains it a lot better than I'm about to. So if I were to stand in front of my team, let's say I'm doing a briefing, a safety briefing, whatever you want to talk about, whatever you need to talk about, and you're in a position where you're standing there in front of the team and your arms are crossed. Naturally, your brain looks at this as closed off. You are looking like you are unapproachable. You don't want to talk to anybody. You're just downright mad. There's a oh, here again, right? And there's a lot of interesting body language that automatically goes with crossing your arms. The way your head moves, the way your mouth comes, the tone comes out automatically changes strictly by the way you're holding your body. Now, if we think about this from a neurological standpoint, what it looks like is you're protecting yourself. If you think of the brain in its primitive form, it's always looking as if it's going to get into a fight. So what it looks like, if I'm crossing my arms, even though this may not be my intent, if I'm crossing my arms, even though this is actually quite comfortable for me, then it automatically comes across. Like if we're in a fight, I'm able to protect myself. I can just block it off. That's the behind the scenes reason why you do not look approachable. You may be very approachable, but you may not look it. Now, what would be the counteract to that? I've seen a couple of different versions. I personally like to have my hands behind my back. It doesn't look like I'm overly too relaxed, I don't think. Of course, everybody has a different opinion. But it doesn't look like it's overly too relaxed. And again, if we go back to the primitive part of our brain, you look very submissive. Right? If, if the brain's always looking like, okay, you're about to get into a fight, if my hands are behind my back, there's really nothing protecting me. So if there's nothing protecting me, technically I could, even though I anticipate this won't happen, I could technically get punched and there's nothing to protect me. Right? That's where the brain takes it. So we have to be very aware of how we're holding our body. Now this, this includes, and I said this a little bit earlier, just a few minutes ago, this also includes in today's day and age, where we're all on Zoom, we're all doing video chats because there's where the world's shut down. I mean, right now it's uh, October, things are starting to lighten up, although we're starting to see a second wave. Um, the world's shutting down. This Zoom and other video messaging virtual setups is going to become the new normal. So we have to be aware as well that if I'm leading from a distance, my body language carries across the same weight because they can still see just like you can see me if you're watching this on YouTube. So I did say that if it's in a podcast form or let's say over the phone or radio or however you communicate with your team, the numbers do change because if I'm talking to somebody over the radio and they can't see my body or the phone or podcast and you can't see my body, the numbers do change because now instead of it being 55% of my body language, which you now can't see, tone becomes so much more important. It switches from only 38% to 85%. 85% 85 
of our communication, whether it's on the phone, on the radio, or whether you're listening to this on podcast, 85% is the tone that you use. So if you come across like you're mad and you don't want to be there, it's going to show if you were on the radio. That's why when you're listening to this, I'm trying to give the, the most soothing tone I can because my job with this podcast, my goal, it's not even my job, my goal is to help you become better leaders, help you with your team, whatever that looks like. Okay. So if you come across and you want to, and you're like, man, I just, my team can never connect with me. I don't know what it is. Take a look at your body language. Now, let me, let me give you an example. Okay. Again, we're in front of our team briefing. We're standing there. And I said, 55% is our communication or it's our body language. 38% is our tone. And 7% are the words coming out of my mouth. Now, I'm going to give you an example here. And this will show my age. Uh, for those wondering, I'm 38. I'm not a friend. I'm not ashamed to say it or anything. But if you've ever seen the episode of Friends, any episode of Friends, I could come up to you and I could say, how you doing? Different body language, different tone. However, if we do it like Joey does on Friends, how you doing? Right? Different body language. For those of you watching that on Facebook or on YouTube, sorry, different body language. You can see my eyes doing something different. My head nodded, right? Just naturally. That's what tends to happen when I say that. But the tone, the tone is very different and it comes across a lot different than me just saying, how you doing? Instead of how you doing, right? And we all know the reason why he was doing that. He was trying to take out girls, whatever the case may be. Uh, I've laughed at that many times. But when you take a look at it from a body language perspective, it's a huge thing. So look at your body language. How are you communicating non-verbally with your team? Because remember, the words coming out of your mouth only represent 7% of what you're actually saying. This could be a huge, huge reason why you're unable to communicate with your team. Why they don't feel like they can come to you because you may not look approachable. You may always look upset. See, my challenge, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put myself out there for a second. My challenge, I know this naturally, and if you wanna go back and watch any of the other episodes of podcasts, I will, you'll see it shining now that I'm gonna say it. I naturally don't smile. It's just something that I just, I'm smiling inside, I'm happy inside, I'm happy to help people, I feel good inside, but for some reason, it just doesn't come across as I'm smiling. And that makes it interesting because then if you don't know, like I have to really be aware then if my body language says that I'm not smiling, my tone has to support that I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to serve you. I'm happy to help people. Okay. So this is, and this is my awareness of myself and I know that. So I have to be very aware of it. And if I'm not aware of it, then Anybody listening to this podcast may look at, listen to this or even watch it on YouTube and go, I'm going to shut him off. No, he's always seeming upset. He's, you know, he's mad all the time. I don't like that. That's why I have to be very aware of the way the words are coming out of my mouth, the tone that I'm using and the words that I'm using and my emphasis, because I want to show you, even though I know I don't naturally smile, I want to show you that I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be supporting you. 
I would be happy to come and support your team, even if it's virtual, right? And this is how I know how to do it. Now, we also talked about, or I just mentioned, how body language is going to interfere with listening as well, not just talking. So far, I've been talking about what I'm saying, how I'm saying it. But it also comes across as listening. So the question comes is why do we listen? Now, this may sound like a really easy, easy task, but there's a reason that so many leaders fail in this area. I love the saying, I can't remember where I heard it, but I love the saying, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. If you think of the math, and again, I'm just throwing a ton of math at you today. If you think of the math, that means that I should be listening twice as much as I'm talking. That statement alone may be a huge wake up call for somebody listening to this podcast right now. You may be asking yourself, man, how much am I actually listening to my team as opposed to giving direction? How much am I actually just sitting there and just hearing what the concerns are or what's going well? Because a lot of the time, especially if you have a compassion or a very passionate employee, very passionate part of the team, they want to do things that they see are an issue that will make things better. But as leaders, sometimes we get so caught up and we got to do things a certain way that we don't even listen to what they say. So I'm going to say it again. You have two ears and one mouth for a reason, which means as leaders, we should be listening twice as much as we're talking. Our team should be in a position where we don't have to say much because our team knows exactly what direction we're going in. That brings up another, another cool person that I've actually uh, watched a speech of, and he, he, I was part of a leadership summit. And his name's Dr. Peter Jensen. He's a Canadian. He actually worked with the, uh, let me get this right, Canadian Women's uh, National Hockey Team that won the Olympic gold medal years ago. I, he may be still doing it, I don't know. But he looked at it from a mental standpoint. And a lot of what he says just makes sense to me. I would love to have him as a guest on this podcast. I think you as our podcast, my podcast community would get a ton of value from him. And I think there's just, there's just so much that he could bring. But I'm gonna give you an example of what I mean. Because he's so into sports, what he refers to are sports. So he takes the difference between football, American football, and basketball. If you take a look at basketball, and I still remember this, and this is probably six years ago I heard it. If you take a look at basketball, everybody on the court knows the strategy that's going to be played. Everybody knows the setup plays. Everybody knows where they're supposed to be. And if they're not there, they have to explain why. Everybody knows the strategy that's eventually going to lead to the win. However, on a football team, the players on the field don't get direction for the next play until they hear it from the coach. And the coach doesn't give it until the last play is done. So they don't know what play to do next. They know what the plays are. They don't know what, to, what play to do next, and they stand there waiting for that direction. I'm, gonna, I'm Canadian, so I'm going to relate this as well. Hockey is the same kind of idea as 
basketball. If I'm on the ice, or soccer as well, I, I'm huge into soccer, like I said in a previous episode, if, I, if I'm on the ice or I'm on the field, I have to know and my team has to know what strategy we're playing. Now, if sports aren't your thing, I'm going to throw out another thing. And this is actually from him. I'm not taking credit for this. This is all Dr. Jensen. Um, I have a lot of respect for this man. And I really hope I can get him on a podcast here. Anyway, take a look at music. If you take a look at a jazz band in a parade, everybody has a part to play, a huge part to play. Because as you're marching in a parade, if one of you, one of the players, one of the... Um, um, musicians, I'm going to call them, right, is out of tune, doesn't play the right chord, whatever the case may be, it shows. And it shows huge. So as the conductor of this jazz group, again, music's not necessarily my thing, so I'm trying to think of the right words here. But as the leader of this group, I need everybody to know what their part is and make sure that they're comfortable doing that part. And if not, I got to get them there. I got to make sure that they are comfortable. I got to get into that point. Relate that to an orchestra. Now, again, everybody in an orchestra plays a very important part. However, from what I've seen, they have a conductor at the, at the front of the stage who's directing everybody to know what tone, what pitch, what instrument, what note to play. And it looks like the group doesn't go any further than what the conductor says. So this is important. Which one would you rather your team be? Both are valuable. Tons of people play football. I actually personally watch football. I love football. <laughs> My wife tends to think it's a little bit of waste of time because there's a lot of gaps in between plays. I get it. However, if we look at the strategy behind the game, everybody has to be on the same page. Everybody has to know the plays and everybody has their part, but they don't know what the next part is until they're told. Sometimes that works. Sometimes that's what you got to do. However, if you look at the strategy that I I prefer, that I would actually coach and teach and, and have coached, is I would come up with a strategy, get everybody on the same page, and everybody's got to conduct themselves according to that strategy. And if one person does not follow that strategy, it shows. And you can actually pinpoint it. And you want to get them to a point, your team to a point, where they know that they're out of alignment with the rest of the team. And then as leaders, we got to pull them back. How do we do that? Okay, I go back to listening. We should be listening twice as much as we're talking, two ears instead of one. A lot of, lot of value in just that statement alone. How do we listen though? A lot of you might be thinking you are. And if you are, well done. Well done, I'm very happy for you. Keep doing what you're doing. I always think that we can improve, myself included. Right. So if you have any comments about things that you've seen or done that has helped your communication style, please reach out to me, let me know. But when we actively listen, it's different than hearing. Okay, so if I look at the definitions between the two, hearing is the vibration of that sound hitting my eardrum to tell me what's going on. 
For example, if I'm in the living room and somebody's doing the dishes and I hear the dishes banging around, I hear the dishes banging around. I may not be focused on it. I may not pay attention to it, but I can hear it. I hope that makes sense. Listening is where you're actually engaged in the conversation that you're having here and now. Again, body language comes right back to body language. How do we look like we actively listen? First and foremost, and again, self-awareness, we come right back to yourself, okay? How are you holding yourself when you're listening? Because if you're sitting back in a chair, your legs are crossed, and you're just looking like you're, you're on break, how's your team gonna feel? Are they gonna come back to you? Do they really feel like you care? And that's really the whole point of this. You wanna look like you care and you should care. I should, I should take that back. Uh, I apologize, I, I, I heard it when it came out of my mouth. Anyway, if, if we wanna show that we care because we do, that's better, um, then we actually have to show that we are caring about what they say. So when you hear somebody giving you a really cool story or a really cool idea, think of those times when you've actually focused on what they say. What, what's your body language? I'm showing it now. I don't know if you, you can tell or if it came to you, but you usually lean forward usually lean forward and you usually look them square in the eyes. Unless you're, unless you're kind of drifting off and you're thinking of something related to it, you're usually looking at them right in the eyes. All focus is on them. You're not worried about what's on your phone. You're not worried about what's happening in your email. None of that matters in the moment. You're so involved with this story that you want to hear what they have to say. All focus is on them. On the other side, how many of us, and be honest, because you're not, it doesn't prove anything to me if you're lying, if you're saying, well, I don't do this. As you hear me say this, because I can't, as much as I love to engage with you, I can't hear you on this end, right? So please be honest. How many of you have had a conversation with somebody on your team and then all of a sudden you get a text message and you're on your phone and you're texting and you're like, yep, yep, no, that's great. That's great. Look at the body language. Focus just, just right here. Where's my attention? Reach my phone. So if that's the case, then the person's going to be like, why am I even here? Why do I even talk to? Why do I even bring things up? This is a waste of my time. So be aware. How are you conducting yourself? When somebody comes in and says, I have, I have something I want to talk to you about. And you say, yeah, of course, come on in. Because you have an open door policy, whatever the case may be. What that means is that you're willing to turn everything off, push everything away, and be with that person in that moment. This has become a really huge problem in our society right now because everybody has a phone. And there's a lot going on in our phone right now that draws our attention. I'm going to talk about another speech that I heard uh, Simon Sinek went on a... Uh, show it. Uh, I believe this one was impact theory and uh, I'll try and link the notes to it in the description as well. Really good video, but he talks a lot about the message coming across. If you're on your phone, let me talk, let me say what, uh, what he said. So if I'm texting while you're talking, 
think of what that's coming across as. I, th- I, th- I know I just said it, like your, your attention's on your phone, it's not with the person, they're gonna feel like they're shunned. Like they're, they're why am I even here? It happens so much in our society right now that people will just naturally grab their phone and they'll start texting. Well, now neither of you are in the conversation and nothing is gonna get resolved. He goes to a point of saying, while you're out for dinner, if you have your phone on the table and you're having dinner with somebody and a notification comes across on your phone, let's say somebody sends you a text. First of all, where do your eyes naturally go? Right to the phone, right? Right to the phone. And what that says to the person, and you haven't said a word, remember this is all body language. You have not said a word. But what you're telling that person is whoever is messaging me right now is more important than this conversation. Then why are you up for dinner? Why? Now I understand people, I I mean, I've seen it many times where you'll have a table of say four people, everybody's on their phone. As far as I know, they're playing a game where each one of them could play their side from their phone and that's their way of connecting. Perfect. But as a, from a leadership perspective, if I come up, come up to you and I have a really cool idea and I say, hey, I really want to sit down and talk. And you say, yeah, absolutely. Come on in. Let's have a conversation. And you're still typing away on your email and you're still checking the radio. You're checking your phone while they're trying to explain it. You might as well say, not right now. Let's, let's plan something later. Because the conversation's done before it even got started. So we actively listen or engage with the conversation when we can put all of the technology aside, all of the distractions aside and be with that person. Because they may be going through something at home and they just need someone to talk to. And they know that they can come and talk to you. Well, if they're having a rough time at home and they just need someone to talk to and you're on your phone, just the thought of that puts this feeling in my gut, like, no, that's not right. That's not right. So I challenge you to actively participate in the conversation with this person, with your team member. If you do this, what's gonna be the outcome? You are gonna get a lot more engagement from your team They're going to come to you with little mistakes. They're going to come to you with a lot, the little solutions that are going to improve your productivity. And I think that's a big thing. If you really want to think about how much more sales you can get, how many, how much more productivity you can get from your people. People are more engaged. They're more profitable. They're more um, productive. Now, if you want to get them productive, there's something that you can do. And we just finished talking about it. I can call them in and say, how's it going? and be with them, let them talk, be empathetic. Now, what is empathy? You may have heard that term. It's a a word going around a lot right now. In fact, any leadership uh, podcast I'm listening to, whether it be John C. Maxwell or Simon Sinek or uh, Forbes document that I was just reading shows that we wanna be empathetic to our team, to that person coming to. Well, it's not very empathetic if I'm looking at my phone if I'm more interested in the message that just came across my phone or the email that just came to me, 
than what that person has to say. Now, this, this is a really tough one for some people to hear because we are very attached to our phones. We're very attached to technology. I'm in that boat. And I'm trying to show my daughter that she is everything to me. Even though there's stuff I have to do on my phone, I'm putting it aside and I'm playing with her. Now you're like, well, great. Do you want a medal? No, I don't want a medal. I'm just saying that there is a time and place for us to set aside and take a look at our messages. Obviously, certain things take priority because there's emergency. Put that aside. Okay, but there's certain times when we do have to get things done. We can get it done on our phone. It may not be right now. Right now, we may have to be engaged with the person. Um, be mindful. I'm, I'm going to say that word again. Now, for those of you wondering what mindful means, it's basically being present in the moment. Right? A lot of us are focused, okay, of the future or what happened in the past. And I'm guilty of this. And this is a lot of what anxiety does where you're trying to predict the future. Well, because it happened in the past, right? So you're kind of connecting the two that you're not really in the moment. Be mindful of what's happening right now in this moment. Be present with the person. If you're present with them, they'll be present with you. Now, when, when somebody comes up and they say, I have a situation that I need, to, I need help with. There's something that I want to direct your attention to that was a game changer for me. The term is called powerful questions. Now, if you're asking yourself, what is a powerful question? Let me explain. A powerful question is where you ask a question that is open-ended. Basically, another way of saying that is who, what, where, when, why is usually in the question. And if you have one of those five words in the question, they have to think about their response. They have to actually give you a full sentence response as opposed to say, can I help you? Well, that's a yes or no question. No, okay, done. Or yes, you can, okay, next question, right? Powerful questions are open-ended. In what way can I help you? Well, hold on a second. That's different. In what way? Now they got to think about it. Right? Now, uh, when I was doing my facilitation uh, with the company that I just left, when I was doing my facilitation, I would get be in front of a group. I'm telling them how to do a certain job. I'm going through the details, technically, however, whatever it is I need to teach. And instead of me looking at them and saying, what question, or do you have any questions? Again, yes or no answer. It's tweaked to what questions do you have? And then you wait. And you wait. And when you wait, that person's processing. Oh, what questions do I have? Is there anything else I should ask? Now they may come back and say, No, I don't think I I don't think I have any. Perfect. I'm glad we were able to have this conversation. Uh, let me know if I can help you again. I'd be more than willing to have you come in. We'll have another chat. Done, right? But if you go up to somebody and say, do you have any questions? No, done. Even though they may, because they may be scared to ask them due to the ramifications of what 
what the question is. If you're opening that door and saying, I want to know what the problem is, because we can't fix it if we don't know what it is. If you're opening that door saying, I want to know what the problem is, you have to let, let it be kind of a free-flowing conversation and let them tell you what the problem is as much as it might be hard to hear. There's a lot of people who are failing because they don't want to hear the bad news of what's happening in their, in their team, on their team, within their team. So powerful questions, who, what, where, when, or why are usually involved with them. And I will say this, they are a challenge if you are going to change the way you ask questions. I'm saying this because I've done it. I used to be all about the yes or no's. Are you okay? Can I help you? That kind of thing. Now I have to say, instead of saying, can I help you? It's, um, oh, oh, in what way can I help you? Right? So I had to, I actually had to stop and focus and go, okay, how can I reword that? There has to be a way for me to reword that. Because as soon as you say, are you okay? Or as soon as you give advice, now you're telling them what to do. If, if you tell them what to do, they're less likely to follow through because it wasn't their idea. So a lot of topics covered under this conversation, uh, a lot of interesting topics that comes back to us as a leader, right? Being self-aware of how I'm talking, how I'm communicating, because communication is more than just talking. How am I listening? How am I engaging? What's my body language? Again, just to recap, body language, 55% of our communication. Tone, 38%. And that's if it's face-to-face. -face. If you're on the phone, the radio, or this podcast, let's say, now the tone is 85%. And the words, instead of being 7%, are now 15 Because it takes the body language out of it. Body language, such a huge thing. And as you're communicating, as you're engaging with this person using your body language, then you also have the ability to use the powerful questions. And as soon as you use these powerful questions, so instead of saying, oh yeah, no, I, I totally get what you're saying and, and, and you move on, in what ways can I help with that? In what ways can I support you? I hope this is just feeling right. As you're hearing this, I hope this is just feeling right. Because as I'm saying it, I have that gut feeling like, yep, this is, this is what somebody needs to hear. And if it is, please comment. Let me know. I want to hear from you. Please put it in the comments if you're, YouTube, if you're on YouTube. Um, I put my email in the show notes if you're doing the podcast. I want to communicate. I want to connect with you. How is this helping? Is there an area where you think I could help you? I'll see if I can make an episode of it. These are completely free. I'm giving away the information because I want people to feel supported. Leadership is all about helping people. And I think a lot of people are focused on helping themselves. Unfortunately, that's a problem that we're seeing in a lot of areas in our, in our businesses. Whether it's helping ourselves, helping our bottom line, uh, the direction needs to change. And I think I'm going to do a, a, an episode strictly on this topic. But leaders, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be direct with you if I can, and just in this moment. 
It's very important. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I hope you see the, the emphasis in my face here. It is very important to let go of the numbers sometimes and listen to your team. Very important. And I think that's such an important topic. Like I said, I want to do a whole episode on it. I'll get that figured out and I'll bring it to you in the future here. But it's very important that sometimes we have to let go of the numbers and listen to what our team is saying, good or bad. Now, the reason that becomes a challenge is we sometimes have a budget that we have to follow and what they're suggesting is not within the budget. It may be some of that extra money that we've had to set aside in our budget to make sure it happens. Because if we want our team to keep coming back to us, to give us these suggestions, to make our team more efficient, more profitable, more, product, more productive, we are going to want to take these seriously and forget the numbers in the moment and just say, what is it that they need? What is it my team needs? How can I step up for them? How can I support them? And if I can't, I have to give them the reason why. I've seen it happen so many times, so many times, where somebody will come up, they have a really, really good idea that's going to change things. It's going to make life a whole lot easier for them and their team. And all their leader says is, nope, that's not good enough. If we want things to change for the better, we have to give them that why. So I hope this helped you. I would really love to connect with you, whether it's on uh, YouTube in the comments, uh, whether you email me, whatever the case may be. As soon as I see these, I will get right back to you. I'll, I'll comment and, and get to connect with you. That's that's what I would love to do. If you think I can help you, um, I'm currently working on my website, scottbeconing.com. It is set up. It's published. I am going to tweak it as I go. Uh, I will be posting these podcast episodes on there as well, so feel free if you... Uh, if you want another platform, the YouTube videos, I have a link for them on my pod, on my webpage, scottdeconing.com. And uh, it's a really cool place for us to connect. So I hope you're having a good day. Uh, those of us in Canada, happy Thanksgiving. I hope that you had a, a wonderful time with your friends and family. Uh, COVID's kind of messing that up, actually really messing that up. But um, I know where I am, things were able to be the the crowd crowds were allowed to be smaller but at least we were able to get together so uh in canada happy thanksgiving uh, i know in the u.s your thanksgiving is next month so i will be wishing you that then and uh have a good day i hope you got a lot from this please feel free to reach out we'll talk to you on the next one later